Welcome, everybody, to another episode of VMware Cloud on AWS Unplugged. I'm your host, Bill Roth. Today, we have with us the estimable Eric Shanks. His title is Senior Technical Marketing Architect, which is also not a bad adjective for what he does. Welcome, Eric. Hi. Thanks for having me. You bet. So Eric is the author of a new course on TechZone. Shout out to VMware TechZone and our pal Andy Morris, who's been behind this. And on TechZone, and we'll have the, the URL in the show notes, it, the new tutorial slash educational path is learning Kubernetes on VMware Cloud on AWS. And so Eric has done an absolutely stellar job on this. So I wanted to talk to him about it. And that's why we're here. So why did you create this class? Besides your manager told you, why did you create this? <laughs> well, uh, it, it kind of dawned on me that uh, a lot of folks who are using VMware Cloud and AWS were using it to manage VMware virtual machines, right? That makes perfect sense. That was why the, the cloud was built in the first place. Um, but now we're offering additional services on, on VMware Cloud and AWS and our on-prem offerings as well to do things like containers. And I just thought, you know, if customers are moving their applications to VMware Cloud and AWS and running as VMs, probably also considering like, maybe I should be running some of these things as containers. Maybe I don't know where, like, I don't know the first thing about where to get started with containers, right? I, I used to be a vSphere admin. I've gone through this journey myself um, in the past. And I thought, you know what, what, what are the things that I would have wanted someone to explain to me when I was trying to, to jump into Kubernetes and containers? So that's kind of why I built this class. And I thought, let me just give you the, the quick and dirty of, of why we moved to containers and Kubernetes and like why that whole thing became a thing. And then like, what are the things I must know right now to get started? And then I can, you know, put off some of the more advanced things down the road once I've got my feet wet a little bit. Yeah, and I thought it was awesome because I am at kind of the early stage having just come over from, uh, you know, things like economics and kind of observability and all that stuff. So I thought actually what you did is distilled sort of a least effort path to get up to speed on this. So one of the reasons we're talking to Eric today is I really recommend you going to TechZone and uh, if you have questions or have early stage questions on what containers and Kubernetes are all about, definitely take a look at the demo. Again, the URL will be in the show notes. So um, give us an overview of what you tried to do. So you're trying to, I think you did a really good job of somebody who's technical, but doesn't have a lot of background in the, there might be a VMware admin to some degree, uh, but really doesn't know the first thing about, might've heard the words container and Docker. So tell me, where did you like, tell, tell us about, uh, you know, kind of an overview of the tutorial. Yeah, absolutely. So I had several things that I was trying to accomplish through this, right? I, I assume that my audience is a, a vSphere admin who just has that technical experience, as you mentioned, but maybe doesn't know a whole lot about containers or Kubernetes yet. And it, it's, it's a bit of a big shift, right? So there's a whole, usually there's a lot of learning that needs to happen before you can get started with containers and Kubernetes. And I wanted to try to cut that out and get through that stuff as fast as possible so you got a broad understanding of like what we're trying to do, and then you can learn the implementation details as you, you know, are on your journey. But I built this course out in, in segments, right? I've got five chapters in here right now. 
the first chapter talks about, you know, introduction to containers. And the goal there is to understand why we converted from VMs to containers in the first place or why some people did. Like, why, why did we need to do that? And, you know, then we also talk about things like, how do you run a container? Or how do you build a container? And we'll give you examples, as well as labs that you can do on your own uh, to get your feet wet with this. And you can kind of get those base concepts. In chapter two, we focus on Kubernetes, right? Okay, chapter one, we talked about containers. What's containers got to do with Kubernetes? Chapter two talks about why we needed to bring Kubernetes into the mix. And again, some information there about how you use Kubernetes and the engine that Kubernetes runs in. Chapter three is really where your labs really kick in. Um, where chapter three, if you're a VMware Cloud and AWS customer, this walks you through not only Tanzu Kubernetes grid, which it gives you an overview of why we needed TKG in the first place, but also the steps to activate TKG in your VMware Cloud and AWS instances uh, and get you know, authenticated and do that sort of thing where you, you're actually building Kubernetes clusters, right? This was important because I wanted labs in the future chapters to be in a Kubernetes cluster that we're all working on the same thing, right? So if you've got a VMware Cloud and AWS cluster, you can do, do the rest of your Kubernetes labs in that cluster. Um, chapter four really focuses on Kubernetes concepts. So now we're talking about deploying pods and deployments and replica sets in your Kubernetes clusters understanding what those are and how they work. And then the last chapter that's in the course right now is service routing. So we understand that now we've got our applications deployed in our cluster. How do we access those applications or how do we give people access to those applications so that they can, you know, they can get access to whatever you're doing and, and, and uh, use those apps once you've built them. Mm -hmm. so that's kind of the overview. Lots of short individual, um, less than 10 minute lectures and a lab that you can do on your own. That's what I actually uh, liked. One of the features was that as you go to the demo, uh, as you go to the tutorial, you've got some uh, really good narrative pieces. Um, uh, the videos are actually pretty good. And then the labs. Uh, and the labs do kind of walk you through it. Um, you start with Docker. You then talk about Tanzu Kubernetes Grid, which um, is the commercial version, uh, the sort of baseline commercial version of Tanzu. But it also scales up to all the complicated stuff you're going to need to build an enterprise application at scale with pods, replica sets, so on. Um, so that's one thing that uh, I appreciated about it for its breadth. Um, so I don't know, like, I think you do go into quite a lot. Um, you know, we're, uh, I, you know, I think you're, you, you get, you save people a lot of time. You get them kind of on the expert path. If, where do you recommend if they want to learn more? Because you've just touched service routing and things like that. Where do they go to learn more? Yeah, the course that I built specifically focuses on trying to cut through every piece of information that you could possibly learn. I'm not, I'm just trying to, to focus on the things to get you started, right? I want you to understand these concepts so you can go out and learn more on your own. If you're looking for places to learn more about Kubernetes on your own, I highly recommend going to Kube Academy, which is another free uh, training course solution from VMware. Uh, I've participated in Kube Academy courses as well, um, but there's a ton of information there in a lot more depth in, than the sessions I've 
I've put out in, a, in my course uh, that you can learn more information about. Also, the Tanzu Developer Center is a good resource for how you can get up to speed on some of the Tanzu Kubernetes stuff. Um, I would check out those two resources myself. Got it. So quick URL check. Kube Academy, K-U-B-E dot Academy is a great place to start. And we will put other links in the show notes. What's the most difficult part? That first time Tanzu users, first time VMware Kubernetes users, uh, what is the most difficult part of all of this for them? And where do they, where are they going to basically spend the most time either struggling or dealing with new concepts? Sure. Yeah, I think uh, most Kubernetes, like new Kubernetes users, the thing they'll struggle with is how to operate those Kubernetes um, uh, applications. So it's not, I think when you go through my course, you'll find that you, you understand these concepts just fine. Um, it's, it might be new, um, but you understand them with no problem. Where you'll start scratching your head a little bit is how do I operate Kubernetes applications? Because they're much different than the way you typically operate a virtual machine, right? In a virtual machine, you're used to deploying a virtual machine and going in and patching it once a month or something like that, um, applying updates to your applications, restarting it, all those types of things. In a containerized world, you're building your desired state as like an image or a template. So think of instead of deploying a virtual machine that's, that can change, you're deploying a virtual machine template. That's a containerized image, right? And that containerized image has to be managed a little bit differently, right? I have to figure out a different way to patch them every month. I need to rebuild the image and redeploy it instead of patching it in place. And I really think the operations part about how, how to manage a Kubernetes environment is the place where you'll really start scratching your head and, and looking for new ways to do things. I think learning Kubernetes itself is something that most of our uh, existing VMware customers will pick up um, without much trouble. Yeah, I notice there's a lot of analogs. You know, you find yourself saying, oh, yeah, well, this is kind of what vCenter does. And this is just sort of a replication of that. Um, I also think that, you know, if you're just an operator, that uh, I think that, you know, you're, I think the tutorial does a, does a great job. And I think at the end, somebody who's used to operating, you know, vCenter and a couple of data centers worth of VMs will see what's going on. I think, but as you say, as you get to the edge, then you start seeing, well, you know, maybe on the back end, the apps will need to be architected differently, especially with this notion of uh, scale up and scale down. What do you recommend for, are there patterns for architecting scalable applications on Kubernetes? There must be some of that somewhere. Well, there's certainly patterns that uh, you'll use, especially when you're starting out. Like um, when I was consulting on this, a lot of times, many customers would not focus on anything that had state. So like uh, if you've got a database that's, that's part of your application, the database a lot of times was not the first thing that got uh, containerized, right? Leave your mm -hmm. database as a backing service is a virtual machine or a managed service of some, um, some sort. Mm -hmm. And then the application itself, if the application's ephemeral, you can do things like I can deploy it as a container because I can restart it and nothing happens. I didn't lose any state, the state's right. stored someplace else, right? So I think as a way to get started, a lot of customers have done things like let's let's remove state from our applications and then we can focus on just deploying that app as a container 
uh, and getting our feet wet before we have to deal with things like, all right, how are we going to handle state when if the application crashes, we're going to lose that state? You know, how do we right. Yeah, I would think that your data architectures would be completely different or probably more complicated, potentially adding caching layers and things like that. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. And like it, it's part of it's not necessarily part of Kubernetes that's doing that. But as you start reconstructing right. your applications, you might be changing it from a monolith to into a microservices type architecture where instead of having one database that the like all the parts of that application have to use, now you could have five different databases part of your application. Um, and each service has its own that's unique to it that maybe is the best fit for, for that service sure. or something. So right, and not just stuck with much much different. Right, and not just stuck with typical kind of rectangular SQL data, but rather key value store different kinds of new data models, I think, uh, clearly. And that's probably one of the reasons we have the ri a rise of all these different types of databases is precisely because of this application, this new sort of application architecture that's required. Yeah, absolutely. I was impressed by the amount of material. Now, we typically sell to big companies and we typically talk to big companies. Will enterprise users need to know all of this? Will your tutorial help them? Is, uh, how, how well targeted do you think it is to the enterprise user? Yeah, I think it depends on what the future trajectory of those enterprise users is, right? If if you're in a company where you're just starting to to learn, to, you're just starting to use containers and Kubernetes in your company, there's probably a lot of vSphere admins who are gonna want to learn that technology and continue with it. But there might also be other customers, other companies where Kubernetes is not your main focus, right? It's not your main job. The, this course really tries to give you the like an understanding of what's happening in a Kubernetes cluster and how containers work. Um, so if even if you're not going to be managing Kubernetes clusters, I feel like this course is useful because it explains the concepts and why they're being built this way. Um, also, our chapter on Tanzu Kubernetes Grid really focuses on vSphere admin and what needs to be done by a vSphere admin in the cloud to get this self-service of Kubernetes available, right? So... I think in many cases, even if you're not going into Kubernetes, this course would be useful for you to understand why people are doing what they're doing. And it gives you a, a enough of an understanding of like, since you know how these things are being operated, if troubleshooting comes up in the, in the future, you have an understanding of like what's going on, even if you're not in there on a day-to-day -day basis, um, fixing things and deploying YAML files and things like that. Excellent. Well, folks, this wraps up, wraps up another episode of VMware Cloud on AWS Unplugged. Today, we have been talking with the estimable Eric Shank, Senior Technical Market, Marketing Architect, and also the author of a great new tutorial on TechZone. Check the show notes, check the description, and we'll have a link to it there. So thanks for coming on, Eric. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right, that wraps it up for us. My name's Bill Roth. Our show has been produced as always by Sonali Desai. Our executive producer is the also estimable Ivan Openchuk. So for the entire team at VMware Cloud on AWS, this is Bill Roth saying thanks very much and stay safe out there. <laughs>